Yo, 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 Thought Warriors, what is up? It is I, Van Lathan. You're listening to Higher Learning. What's up, guys? It's me, Rachel Lindsay. Now, listen, if you're not watching the video, you can't see <laughs> what's ahead. happening right now. You can't Go see. Go ahead, man. So, Rachel, <laughs> Rachel, multi-job, multi-hyphenate, slash Rach. She's a podcaster, slash TV host, slash pitch woman, slash all of that. Rach is getting her makeup done right now as we speak. She's holding a mic in her hand. A makeup person, a person is putting her zhuzh on as, <laughs> as, as Rachel gets ready to go. What are you going to go, getting ready to go shoot, Rach? Extra. Extra. So she's getting, so she's being super extra right now because we're starting a <laughs> podcast and Rach is getting her makeup done. It's, it's, look, but here, here's the moral of the story, Thought Warriors. I am extremely dedicated to what I do. No excuses, no days off. Whether I'm getting my makeup done or everybody can see it, I'm, I, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to let my Thought Warriors down. That's, be that's the point, you. man. I'm dedicated. I'll be honest with you. A lot of people would expect me to clown right here. No way. That's crazy. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's the level of popping that everybody should aspire to be to where you got so much going on. We're shooting this early, right? We, we're recording the podcast early because we wanted to make sure that we got rapid reaction to the debate last night. And um, Rach, even though we came in early, still had stuff that was on her plate and she's getting it going right now for us. I'm not gonna lie, I commend you. I commend you. I appreciate that. See, I didn't know if you were giving me a compliment because I know some of my followers have been coming at you for uh, trolling me on social media. Yeah, so they, they, they're they sick of the joke. But what they don't understand is this. And then it I came back. Me. And then, then, then I came back and I gave you and Brian a compliment. But that's just a momentary stand down. What people don't understand is <laughs> the little brother in me means that if you come at me like that, like Van, leave her alone, it's going to even be worse now. Now I know it's getting to you. Well, not to you, but to them. Right, uh, right. So, the reason why we're coming in a little bit late is because we wanted to watch the debate. Right. All right. Um, which we keep making mistakes of making ourselves get up early <laughs> uh, to react. Like something's going to happen. Like something's going to happen to react to a bunch of nothing. And we are going to, of course, talk about the debate. But before we talk about the debate, what we're going to uh, do is something very special here. Uh, on higher learning. There is a situation in Nigeria right now um, where the citizens of Nigeria and a large portion of, uh, of Nigeria, a large portion of them, are rising up and demanding the end to a special squad of police that are there that they believe are corrupt, murderous, um, extorting people, and putting everyone's safety at risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we don't know too much about this at higher learning. You know, we've seen the, the, the hashtag in SARS which is the name of the police squad on social media. We've also heard people uh, discuss it. Um, now, we could have easily gone and done our research on it and, 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 and came back and kind of unpacked it for you guys. But I think it would be much more powerful if we actually got a chance to talk to somebody who's there in Nigeria yes. that can give us a download on what the people of Nigeria are going through uh, with this rogue police squad. Um, so we did that. Uh, I went to Twitter and on Twitter, I said, hey, is there anyone who can come on the podcast and help us out with this? And I was connected with an intelligent uh, and really, really, really observant writer named Saratu, 
who is in Nigeria right now and is calling us from Nigeria to explain to all of you thought warriors right now what exactly is going on uh, with SARS. So um, we are going to go ahead and get into that first, something that's actually affecting and impacting people's lives uh, right now over there and the, 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 the protests and everything. Um, then we're going to come back and talk a little bit about uh, the do-nothing debate that was <laughs> on last night. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. We are now joined uh, by Saratu, who is there in Nigeria. The sister is a writer, and she's also somebody who's been very outspoken on what's actually happening. So, uh, without me belaboring the intro here, can you tell our audience a little bit uh, about what exactly is going on in Nigeria right now? Sure. And uh, first of all, thanks so much for having me. Um, mm-hmm. So, essentially... We're trying to end SARS. <laughs> now let me tell you a little bit about what SARS is. So SARS is a unit in the Nigerian police charged with, um, you know, catching on, on armed robbers. In fact, SARS stands for the Special Anti-Robbery Unit, you know, Anti-Robbery Squad, right? S-A-R-S. Um, now, this was started in response, um, I suppose, some um, insecurity, um, back in the early 90s, right? So this has been a problem. I mean, they've, they've existed for a long time. Now, here's, here, here's where it gets, it gets a little hairy. So they gave these guys, like they created this little unit within the Nigerian police and they gave them, you know, um, a lot of leeway. They let them get away with not wearing uniforms so they could just kind of like blend into the population, you know? Um, they still have their guns, though, but they're just not wearing uniforms. They could create checkpoints. They could do whatever, you know, all in a bid to, you know, to uh, to catch thieves, ostensibly. Mm-hmm. But as as always happens when you give people a lot of leeway, they start to abuse it, right? So mm-hmm. these people started to, um, you know, become a law unto themselves. You know, they would basically um, see anybody on the side of the road and go, "Hey, you." You know, what are you doing over there? You look like you could be a thief. Come here. Mm-hmm. And then they throw you into jail and they, they pin all sorts of attacks on, and all sorts on you and say that you're a drug dealer, that you're a scammer, that you're a thief, or that you're, you know, a sex worker. And they would, you know, based entirely on their say-so. They just kind of say whatever they like. Now, Nigeria, um, the, the Nigerian police in general is very, very corrupt. And this unit is no different. So what they do is, that, you know, what they started to do was to say, okay, you're, you're telling us you're not a thief. Well, give us some money then. Mm. And if you don't give us some money, then you're definitely a thief and we're going to throw you into jail and we might even kill you if you're, if, if you're unlucky, right? 
So that that is basically what what they've been doing for years. They would just sort of like, you know, see you, and especially and you're you're especially susceptible to SARS violence if say you have locks, you know, say you go out, you're looking kind of fresh. I mean, you know, like hey, where'd you get that money from? You know, mm. oh, they, right. this, you know, or like they see you and they, they assume that okay, like okay, this person has like dyed their hair, yeah, and they're like, hmm is this person a thief because he dyed your hair? It's just really stupid. It's basically, it's frivolous and it makes no sense yeah. to anyone. They're profiling. No, without any, absolutely. It's, a, it's entirely, you know, proof. And it's especially for young people. Um, there's um, a, a lot of the time, you know, um, with young women, when they, when they get young women, they would throw young, young women into, in, into prison for sex work, even if they didn't see you, you know, soliciting. Or, you know, it's especially bad as well for um, if you're LGBT, they would, they would say, oh, you're gay. And they threw you into jail for that. Um, Nigeria, you know, we're a pretty homophobic society. So just like, okay, um, we think you're gay. So mm. what they would say is, okay, if, if you're say, telling us you're not gay, show us your phone. And if they see, if you're a guy and they see a photo of you with another guy, they go, oh, so that's your boyfriend, see, gay. And, um, wow. But an- another thing that they do is that they would lurk in um, uh, chat rooms, posing to be gay men. So it's why it's really dangerous sometimes to be a gay man or a lesbian um, trying to use any of the, you know, like, I mean, we have Tinder in Nigeria, but, you know, you need to be very careful with those things mm-hmm. because if, if, um, if, you know, some people would use it to extort. SARS does that. They use it to extort um, people and, um, uh, yeah, so there, there's a lot of really awful stuff that they do. And, yeah. you know, if, if, if they find you and they like, if they find you and they find out that you're, that you're gay, then they just start extorting money from you systematically every month mm. so come blackmailed by the police. So you can't even go to the police and and because Nigerian Nigerian government government has recently signed an anti um, sex marriage bill um, a few years ago, they would they would say, well, I mean, we could throw you into jail for being gay, you know, and you know, and they would do that. Mm. So um, we have so there's a lot there's different layers there's different layers to it, um, you know, whether they and and some of these things can be so frivolous. A friend of mine. Um, they they accuse him of being a, of of being a drug dealer because his lips are dark. He said that means he smokes mm. weed. Mm. Um, it sounds like really, really, really frivolous stuff. Or like as a woman, like um, a young woman shared a story recently and said that she um, that SARS stopped her and said she was a prostitute because she's driving a nice car. They made her strip, and you know, naked. They 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 put a gun to her head and made her go to the ATM and withdraw money to give them naked. I've been stories wow. about how they would, um, they would, I mean, even, and, and it's also like, no one is really immune. There was someone I know, I mean, she lost her brother. He was 20 years old. So really young because the, the guy went to go buy something on the side of the road and Sarge accused him of being a thief, that they're looking for someone who fits his description and they beat him threw him into a van, took him to their, to their head office, tortured him to death. So that's kind of, that, that's what we're dealing with. So when young people, came, um, young people have complained, this is not the first time that Nigeria has done 
um, SARS-related protests. As far back as like, 2017, um, the SARS protest led to um, you know, the Nigerian government abolishing SARS back in 2017. Um, after everything died down again, they simply came right back. 2018, another disbandment came right back. 2018, another disbandment came right back. 2019, another disbandment, plus a panel report on the police reform, came right back. So in 2020, the government says, we're disbanding them. People are like, yeah, right. No one believes you at this point because you said this over and over and over and over again. Um, even the most, the most corrupt of Nigerian um, politicians will agree with you that Nigerian police needs to be reformed. They would all agree. There's a, and this is just one um, um, unit, but there are other units as well in Nigeria that have been guilty of such abuses. In Abuja, where I live, um, the, the, Nigerian, the Nigerian police, along with um, the Abuja Environmental Protection Board, would um, find women and um, accuse them of prostitution. Um, if they see them outside, um, you know, rape them, uh, extort money from them, and also, so that's not that's not size. That's just my regular police. <laughs> so it's 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 um, Nigerian police has been a bane of our existence, particularly for young people in Nigeria for a very 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 long time. Um, the protests recently, um, however, are some of the biggest protests of my generation. I've never seen. I mean, we're, I mean, we don't agree on much in Nigeria. We're very, um, you know, uh, often very divided by ethnic and religious lines. But Nigerians in general came together and said, no, 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 no. I think we can all agree that these people need to go. And we were thinking, we weren't even asking for much, you know? I mean, the end of this unit that everybody can agree is awful. Um, is something that surely we can all agree on. I mean, you guys have made lip service to how this, this unit needs to go for a long time. So surely we can all agree that these people need to go. But when we started doing the protests, we noticed that the um, Nigerian police were, um, you know, that you know, we, we got intimidation on the part of the police. When that didn't work, they, they actually sent thugs to infiltrate the protests. Some of them actually started attacking peaceful protesters. Wow, that um, sounds very people, familiar. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like they would like go in there with, with knives and stab people. They would go in there with batons and beat people. I almost got beat last Sunday. Um, not this past one, but previous Sunday. Um, you know, by the police, they sent water cannons after us. They arrested a whole bunch of us. They accused us of being political actors. Um, there was a girl that when um, my, the very first protest I went to two Sundays ago, um, we saw a young woman. She was 21 years old. She was being beat up by six different policemen with, uh, with wooden batons and um, clubs. And they were screaming at her, who paid you? Who paid you? And, um, you know, all of this was happening. And you know, the backdrop of all of this, you know, um, you know, obviously, recently, the, um, the protest that happened two days ago in Lekki, um, but really all around Lagos State, um, we heard word that that military was coming. So in Lagos, there were, there were um, uh, you know, protests as, you know, every day for the last two weeks. And two days ago, Folks were sitting down or like, okay, um, they were taking, they took the cameras after they had instituted the curfew around noon, right? Um, now, if you know Lagos well, you know that 
you know, four hours, sometimes it's not even enough to get home, depending on where in Lagos you live. The traffic is ridiculous in Lagos and the road networks aren't great. So it can take people a long time. So when the Lagos State government instituted the curfew at 12, we were already like, okay, okay, um, folks need to go home so that we don't, you know, f- you know th- th- there wouldn't be an excuse for violence because we just knew that, look, if, you, if you're still sitting around at the curfew, they can use that, use that as a reason to, to be violent. Soon thereafter, around three o'clock, um, we saw the security cameras get taken down. And I, that was when I started calling people and said, I need you guys to leave. I mean, if you're there, I need you to leave. And everybody was sounding caution because we, we knew that, you know, if you're removing cameras, that's not a good sign. That means you don't want anybody to see what you're about to do. Folks stayed. And the rationale being, okay, look, we're not, we're not going to be violent. We're not going to do anything. What we're going to do is just sit there, sing our anthem, wave our flags, right? Because at this point, for the past week or so, people had been protesting in that, that space in Lekki, the toll gate in Lekki, for like two weeks, sometimes even sleeping over and just kind of taking over that space. So they were like, look, we're just going to be here until, you know, and just to show our commitment, we're just going to be there. But then around seven o'clock, the military came in, met the protesters singing the anthem and waving flags, just as the light had gone off. Um, they turned off the lights um, in the entire neighborhood of Lekki. Like you couldn't, like no one had electricity. Even the billboard lights were turned off. Um, and the military came in and started shooting. We don't know what the casualty numbers are. We still don't. We don't know how many Gosh. people died. All we know is that all we know is that the ambulances that, um, um, oh, and also the Lagos State emergency numbers turned off. So you couldn't even call the ambulance, the Lagos State ambulance numbers. Private individuals had to call ambulances to go to the toll gates. And when they went there, they were not allowed to go through the toll gates to, 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 to carry people. So all we do know is that there were a lot of people seeking cover and um, a lot of people reported, reported injured. We don't actually, we don't have any numbers. We don't have any idea. Um, so that's where we are now. And yesterday, the president made his very first statement since the, the protest started, basically threatening everybody and saying, look, um, don't take my kindness for weakness. Is kindness here being my, my listening to you and not being violent the whole time for weakness. <laughs> yeah, it was basically like, listen. <laughs> I, don't know what I have a question. <laughs> I, I, have a, I, have a, I have a question for you real quick. Sure. So specifically, what was it this time that seemed to get the movement to end SARS reignited? So on October 8th or 7th, one of those days, um, video circulation came out. Um, there was a video going around um, SARS entered a hotel, pulled out two men, again for nothing, right? And shot one. Just shot him. Just 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 shot him. Just for for no reason. Killed him. Yep. And this was caught on video as well? Yep, yep. It was on video. I think, I think the video I've th- I've seen the video circulating around. Uh yeah. and that's and that's the incident that you say has kind of arrested the world and got everybody involved and let them know how important yeah, it that, is. That really, that really reignited things because it's like, okay, these guys are insane. 
And like, and it made everybody start sharing stories of like yeah. what they've experienced at the hands of SARS. Like, yo, like that, I totally saw something like that happen happening like a couple of months ago, or this happened to me. I almost died a couple of months ago and so on and so forth. So people were like, look, we need to do something. Saratu, what I find interesting is that, and you said this, and I also saw this in an article that you wrote on your Twitter, that the Nigerian government has announced the disbandment of SARS in 2017, 2018, and 2019, but yet it keeps coming back. Why do you think that is? I know at one point in your article, you wrote, there's no leader of the movement, which is something we also talk about in the States. Is that why you think it's resurfacing? Or do you think it has something to do with the government? What is the reason for this? I think that the reason why SARS keeps coming back uh, frankly, I don't think it ever really leaves. It's because the Nigerian government doesn't really care about its people. Nigerian mm. government protects Nigerian government protects property. It doesn't protect lives. There's we haven't really we, we've not really created like a system of government that actually gives a damn one way or another about the lives of ordinary people. I can't really think of any major Nigerian government policy that has actually sought to protect ordinary people's lives. Um, the Nigerian police, you know, in order for them to actually disband, so, I mean, keep in mind that, that, that SARS makes a lot of money. That extortion, um, the guy that they, that, that they shot, they stole his car. It was a Lexus Jeep. I mean, oh, what? what's going to happen? Yeah, they stole his car. They just took it and drove off. So, you know, that's a car they're going to sell for millions. They're going to, you know, what, what else are they going to do with it, right? So imagine they've done, imagine, you know, um, I told you that, that they, for example, would, you know, extort money from people, like the woman I told you about who they, they basically took her to the ATM and said, all right, withdraw $100,000 for us. Um, and if you don't, they'll kill you. And so... According to, I've seen estimates of how much they make, and it's a lot. We're talking millions of dollars um, from extortion of this sort. Sometimes it would be something like, we have your son, and unless you give us 5 million naira, we're not going to release him. And sometimes that son has been killed, but the, parent, the, the mother or father don't know that. So they'll just be like, yeah, he's here, but unless you give us money, we're not going to let him out. Mm. So... And, and then you bring that five million and they say, if that five million is not enough, bring another two. So like, I've seen estimates running um, about $3 million every month. Jesus. Huh. In extortion. So, so I, I guess my next question is, what do the people of Nigeria need in order to make sure uh, that this squad, this part of the police, or that there's total police reform there? Like, what do you feel like uh, people across the diaspora can do, the diaspora, I always say that wrong, the diaspora can do uh, to help you guys out? And really just people that are a part of uh, the world community. What do you feel like, what, what, what do you guys need? Well, the thing that blows my mind is that we've um, the Nigerian government has gotten money from international community so think so like the uk government the u.s government um the eu has given nigerian government money um for a police reform for the past decade <laughs> they've financed wow. that yeah 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 they've you know the un um 
a lot of different organizations, uh, um, different countries as part of like um, support to the Nigerian government has given, has funded um, policy um, reform efforts. Um, at the highest level, the office of the president. Um, and to no, to no avail. Um, so if they're investors in this reform, they need to bring, you know, the Nigerian government to book on that. But the truth of the matter is that um, it's not, I mean, even beyond that, though, although I think that's important. I mean, if you're, if you're financing something and you're seeing that this thing is still going on, you should probably ask yourself if, if, if you know, what, what exactly you're financing at the end of the day. But beyond that, um, we just need to keep their foots on their necks and keep, keep our foots on their necks. If you're, if you're going to um, say that you, um, that, that, you know, that the Nigerian government has not demonstrated um, uh, good faith at all, because on the one hand, they're saying we're disbanding SARS, we're creating panels, you know, so that people could, you know, lodge their formal complaints and get, you know, um, compensation for SARS um, harm and violence. But on the other hand, you're sending the police and and uh, and thugs to to beat protesters and to beat and to you know to, mm. to violate them and to throw them into jail as well. We you know the, um, you know so so that's something I would say needs to happen. And another thing is that there's a lot of, of, of um, ordinary Nigerians who are creating, who have created platforms to, um, you know, to, to fund um, um, and sustain efforts, uh, um, you know, against police brutality. Feminist Co. is a really good example of that. Um, these are just young women who came together and said, hey, look, what, what do we need to do? So folks came together and they mobilized and said, okay, we're going to create a pl- funding platform and then use the money that we get to, um, to pay for food, um, you know, um, legal aid. Um, uh, you know, they, they basically, they created a whole platform, 600 um, lawyers working pro bono across the country um, to, to get out, um, you know, to get, uh, you know, illegally detained protesters out of prison. They did, um, you know, um, um, they fed people at the protest venue, provided food and water, um, logistics, they paid for security, they provided um, compensation for people who were harmed, they paid for surgeries. There was a young woman who, who had a cracked skull as a result of being beaten by the police during the protests. They paid for that. They paid, mm. they paid to make sure that she was okay. Um, and that's just, you know, just a, a little bit of what they were able to do. Um, these young women were were um, threatened by the police and by the Nigerian government for daring to 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 support the protests, um, and they need to be supported. The work that they're doing doesn't end here, and they realize that they're also trying to re-strategize because right now the Nigerian, I mean, the president basically threatened and said, "If I see you people on the road again, you know, I can't vouch for what's going to happen to y'all." So. Um, Mm. We've had to, yeah, we've, we, we've had to um, be very, um, you know, they've had to strategize. I know, Sarata, you mentioned some places where, you know, people could, um, like, I guess, get information. But I just want to make sure that we, we cover that if there are any websites, because we want to do more than just post a hashtag. So if there's a place where we can, mm. you know, send funds Amazing, yeah. or where we can go to a yes. website, um, we, we want to educate our followers in every single way that we can. Because uh, we don't okay. want this movement to be watered down by another mm-hmm. hashtag, which is what we see happening. I hear here. you. 
I hear you. Um, um, your, fo- your, 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 your listeners can check out feminist, um, feminist underscore co on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, they, they, they've been incredible. Um, and also NSAR's response um, on Twitter. Those two hashtags have been incredibly valuable um, 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 in, in terms of mobilizing support for, for, um, for protesters and you know, keeping the movement going. Um, it's, it's crazy we're talking about social media. Just thinking of the way the government has also fought people using social media is also interesting as well. I know that you know, Black Lives Matter in the US and um, you know, the Hong Kong protesters in, in Hong Kong. And you know, I've, in, in, in the article that I wrote on my, on my newsletter, I talked about the different movements and the way they sort of speak to each other. Um, and the way that we are seeing government responding to them online and offline. The Nigerian government just yesterday actually started a, um, a cyber a cyber operation, which you know I think is we're going to start seeing the impact of that going forward. We're actually beginning to see it because what they started doing was to um, put out on um, um, purposely put out false information and then have like you know um, other accounts discounting that information. Right. As a way of sowing sowing a seed of doubt in the the accounts of people, sure. Um, sure, you know, on the on the protest. So there there's been a lot of stuff going on. So um, a lot of the things that activists are trying to do now is to kind of you know make it really clear what's going on and just to kind of buckle in because this is not going to be over as quickly as we want it to be. So feminist coalition, um, you know, um, that's feminist underscore co, and then NSAR's response are really good places to start. And you can donate through that as well? Because we just yes, want to make sure yes, if you're you donating that the money is going to yes, the right can. place. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you, you, you can even donate with Bitcoin. Oh, nice. Because, okay. you know, the, yes, because the Nigerian government actually shut down all their accounts. So that's the only way that they can accept money right now, actually. Wow. All right, sister. Well, uh, I, I really do appreciate you kind of weighing in on this. I know it's a tough time there in Nigeria right now, but it's also a triumphant time. And I hope that this podcast and Rachel, I'm sure feels the same way, uh, can be um, an ally with you guys and, you know, that you guys create more allies in order to stop the abuses of human rights that are going on over there. You know, here we talk about racial issues that exist inside of the police uh, department, but there are also corruption issues as well. And so these th- these things are common threads that ring true on both sides, you know, of that ocean. So if there's anything that you need from us, um, don't hesitate to ask. And I-, I hope you'll be okay with us checking back in with you to Absolutely. see how things are going periodically. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Please do. All right. Thank, Thank you for joining you. us today on Higher Learning Service. Yes. Sorry, we stand with you and Thanks we support so much you. For having me. No problem. Thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Y- you got to help. Wow. Remember. Yeah, you know, police abuse and abuse of power by, you know, organized squadrons, it's not a uniquely American phenomenon. It exists everywhere. Um, you know, and here it's 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 a human rights issue. Obviously, right. there's a racial component that exists in America that seemingly wouldn't exist there in Nigeria, but class and corruption uh will keep their thumb on people's necks or their foot on people's necks. Um no matter what where the country is, you know. It's so. just such a sad situation because I'm listening to Saratu talk and it just seems like it seems like a very hopeless situation. And so I just really want to commend everyone putting their lives in danger by protesting 
when not only are, is SARS corrupt, but the police are corrupt and the government is corrupt. I mean, it is an insane situation out there. And, you know, we need to do whatever we can to help from a yeah, distance. We, we should. Uh, now, time to get to it. Last night was the second and final presidential debate. Remember the second, uh, the, the, there's supposed to be three, but the second debate was canceled because of President Trump's plague, as I see <laughs> the makeup artist with the mask and the face shield. I love that. <laughs> um, uh, but no, they had a debate last night. It was in Nashville. Um, and, you know, it was different. It was a, a different debate than the first debate was. The first debate was the, sh- the gunfight at the OK Corral. This debate was more like, you know, two fourth graders slap boxing. But it still, <laughs> it still was, uh, you know, difference, uh, a difference in tone. And, and really, I guess you could say a more conventional style back and forth that happens at a debate. Rachel, what were your thoughts on Oh, you mean because there wasn't a tantrum being thrown? You mean because um, he they actually allowed each other to speak and get their thoughts out before the next person did their rebuttal or response? Yeah, it was more of a conventional debate. But at the same time, I'm really, like I was going through Twitter as I was watching it. And I'm not going to sit here. And you know, I love to say, I'm not going to congratulate a fish for swimming. I'm not going to sit here and pat Trump on the back because he behaved like an adult. And people are simply saying that he won the debate based on the fact that he held his composure for the most part during the debate. Uh, But Mm. if you paid attention to what he was saying and not how he was acting, you still heard that he was saying so many lies, putting so much information out there that was far from the truth, but just wrapped it up in a very, dare I say, presidential way. And uh, which further led for more people to be uh, misled as far as what is actually the truth and the information that we got in the debate. Yeah. What do you think? Like to your point, like wouldn't necessarily necessarily say he was like presidential, like you just basically said, but he's definitely more tame than he was Tamed. in in <laughs> in the first debate. Here, here's the the wrap up about the debate, and we um we can get into some of the policy points and do the back and forth uh, of it if we wanted to, but I don't want to, and you know why? Because I don't either. Thank you. I'm, I'm bored with it. Um, it's the same stuff. Nothing. This new. was the this was the reason why why you watched the debate last night. Uh, if you believe the polling, and it's very difficult to in light of what happened in 2016, but if you believe the polling, President Trump is behind significantly in the polls. What you were really watching for in the debate last night was some reason to believe that the gap could close. You know, races tighten within the last two weeks normally. But if you're if you're looking for some spectacular gaffe or some spectacular point made um, last night that could change the complexion of the current election, uh, it just really didn't happen. I think most people that went into this debate uh, on one side of things probably thought that their guy won it. You know, there were some good moments for each candidate. There were some bad moments for each candidate. Yeah. I think President Trump obviously wants to talk about anything other than his presidency. Right. And Joe Biden, to a degree, wants to talk talk about anything other than uh, his past. So, you know... You know, you have two guys up there and what you really want to talk, what you really want to hear them talk about is really the future of America. And I will say that I'd have to give the Biden-Harris ticket 
uh, credit for being more willing to talk about that than Trump. Trump just seems to be on the defensive. He There's not much about the current state of America that he can defend. Uh, so he really didn't try to defend it. Um, he just continued to commit Biden with weird conspiracy theories and other things. So it, it was kind of a, uh, of, of a of a waste of time, as we've seen these things be for the last couple of times that we've watched them. Yeah, I mean, to your point, Trump can't really talk about the future if he's going to try to talk about the, and I use this term loosely, the good that he's done, then he has to talk about the past and ha- and say the same talking points over and over again. Um, yeah, I didn't really get anything. I mean, even, even when I was looking at Twitter and the comment that people were saying the most, like what people were giving Joe Biden a clap on the back for is that the fact that he said he couldn't get anything done because um, they had a Republican Congress. It was like that was the that was the moment that people were harping on, which lets you know there weren't big moments within the debate. So, you know, it it is what it is. I think we've learned our lesson at this point as we continue to do the podcast is we don't really need to reschedule for debates. No, we don't. Anymore. We don't need that's, to reschedule the, for any that's debates. That's the moral of the story there. Never do it uh, again. Uh, I will say this. Um, I got the big loser from the debate last night was Van. Because? Um, I got memed last night. Why? Because President Trump... Was it the Trump- right Van? No, it was no. President Trump last night said something about. Are you? You have to smile while she puts that type of makeup on. I do on. have to smile. Yes. Why do you have to smile? She's is she point. Wait. So she can get uh, my cheekbones. So <laughs> she can't get the cheekbones if you don't smile. She's telling you to smile. She can't get the right spot. You have to hit a, a certain. This is spot. very, very. This is fascinating. Look at her work the brush. Look at her go. He's like, look at her she, work the brush. Look at her go. Like she, this, this, this is. Like, I didn't know that it was this different thing. Now she's she's kind of she's getting around the mustache area right there. You got a little got a little Tom Selleck going on. They have to I get it waxed. I get it waxed. You get a to you get frank, a wax. To they, be frank, they they wax the upper lip. They can wax or thread. So if you didn't, so like, what level of mustache would you have? Okay, I don't like that we're calling it a full-blown mustache, first of all. There might be a couple of hairs, but I don't like that you're saying there are levels to a mustache. I do not have a full-blown mustache. I might get a couple of hairs here in the corner. I feel like I'm cursed with it because apparently at a young age, I told my mother she had man lips. Mm -hmm. And then I I got man lips. (laughs) God said, boom, Magnum P.I. Rach. Magnum P.I. Rach. (laughs) Hit you with the Tom Selleck. Okay, cool. Well, you know, you have a mustache. Uh, But yeah, so last night, Trump said something about coyotes bringing people over the border. And I didn't, by the way, I didn't call him on it. I just put coyotes with question mark. I basically asking, what is that? And people are like, you stupid bastard. You don't know what immigration policy is all about and stuff like that. And I have to admit, you know, people explain to me that a, the, a coyote is someone who, uh, I guess, smuggles people across the border. Uh-huh. And they were like, do you think it's actual mules, drug mules? That's what? And I was like, no, but I know what a drug mule is. I've never heard about the coyotes before. I've never heard about them. People are like, you live in L.A. and you've never heard about coyotes before? No, I don't go to the I have meetings. either, man. But look, here's the thing, though. I'm not saying that it's on anybody else. I'm just saying I had never heard the term before. And, and now I'm in a meme. I'm in a meme with a bunch of other, quote unquote, dumb blue check celebrities that don't have any idea about the immigration issue, which I'm pretty well versed on immigration 
but not, I guess, on the mechanism by which people are smuggled over. So look, I wear it. I wear it. I didn't know about the coyotes. I knew about I know about one coyote, Wiley Coyote. And the reason why <laughs> I know about him is because Wiley Coyote had a never-ending string of cash in order to try to get the roadrunner. People have discussed this. I want a deep dive into where Wiley Coyote is getting all of this money to, to like get stuff from Acme. I never I thought talk- of it that way, Van. I'm going to be honest with you. You've never thought of that? No. I was Wait just simply enjoying the cartoon. So you never at one point thought, He's ordering new products. First of all, how's he even ordering the products? Because- it's a cartoon. You don't even have to go there. Like random things happen. I don't think about money and a system. And a, no, it's a cartoon. I you just know, simply want to enjoy the actions that are he, happening. You, one time he bought a car to chase the roadrunner in. So when you were a kid, you never thought, how the fuck did a coyote? By the way, we never see like, we never see Wiley Coyote like leaving a job, right? You it's also like see the coyote not on all fours and he's just walking us. You know what I mean? Like, it's a cartoon. The imagination just goes wherever it wants to. I know, but you're missing the point, okay? <laughs> His other things about cartoons make sense. Tom and Jerry are what? A cat and a mouse. Yeah. They fight, okay? That makes sense, all right? It's kind of a thing. First of all, a coyote and a roadrunner makes sense that they will fight, but it wouldn't make sense that the damn coyote has technology and bread. It just doesn't Wait make a whole lot of sense. Way to the joy out of the carts. Did you ever enjoy it? But why does that suck the joy out of it, though? Because I'm asking Because you're questions. overanalyzing it. No, I'm not. Just, yeah, okay. Mm. Anyway, I'm pretty sure our thought warriors will agree. Right. Anyway, well, mm-hmm. here's the deal. The, 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 I didn't know about the coyote situation, um, but the more important thing is the election is less than two weeks away. Right. Um, and, you know, every time Trump and Biden get together, I feel like there's a clear contrast in what kind of America you want. You know, I'm not going to force anything down anybody's throat right now, but you can kind of see the difference even in tone and substance and character uh, between the two candidates. And if there's anything to take away from the debate, I would I would assume that it's that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, I think the lines in the sand have been drawn at this point. I think people know who they're voting for. I know they do the bit about the undecided voters, but I think you know what you're leaning towards at this point. Not much yeah. is going to change in the next two weeks. Um, yeah, it doesn't really seem like it is, but I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one thing, man. I, I will be so happy when this election is over. But that's the thing, Van. You can't think like that because even when it's over, it's not. You need to say, I'm, I'm ready for for January 2021. You got court cases that are about to be fought. Amy Barrett has already passed through the Senate. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's it's not going to stop. Like, it's yeah. just going to keep going. You got to you gotta prepare your mind for that. Yeah, well, I want it to, to go away. I want it to go away right now. Uh, now, there was slightly news, big news in the business that happened. Slightly big entertainment news. Did you have a show with Quibi? Did you I have did- a show with Quibi? Did you? I did not. No. Were no, you offered wish. a show? Did you did you talk? I went, I had talks. There was that we had talks, but Quibi had talks. Everyone was getting the Quibi money. Everybody. Like <laughs> Quibi, bro, I'm not gonna lie, man. Quibi, Quibi was like a fake stimulus package for Hollywood. Cause, cause everybody it, 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 it was. Quibi was like a they raised a bunch of money 
And then they just gave it all away. And then now Quibi's dead. I know a bunch of people who had shows with Quibi and they were like, yo, man, Quibi, it's funny. When when people would come at me about Quibi, I was like, I don't think that shit is going to work. I, and, and the only reason why I didn't think it was going to work is because I'm not watching whole shows on my phone like that. Like, I, I, it, am I old? Gener- that it? Yeah, it's our generation that's not going to do it. But clearly, neither did the younger generation. I think it's also who they were, who the younger generation was watching, right? Mm-hmm. If you were watching like YouTube or TikTok stars do movies or shows like a, in a YouTube format, I think it could have been a little bit more successful. But I don't want to watch a full movie. Did you ever watch anything on Quibi? No. I no. did. And it's frustrating. Like, I, there was this show called The Fugitive that was good, but then mm-hmm. I would get cut off. And so, you know what I mean? Like, it was, right. I had screeners for it so I could keep going, but it's a frustrating thing. I think our generation can't, can't tap into it. And the pandemic probably hurt it too, but remember, Quibi raised, I think it was $2, Two billion. $2 billion. And they, they, they couldn't keep it going. I also think that it was, um, the pandemic hurt a little bit too. Because if Quibi was going to be something that you were going to watch in 10-minute bursts while you were on the train or on the bus or something like that, now people aren't on the go as much. Um, And especially they're not on the go in terms of public transportation or being on planes as much or anything like that. So they certainly didn't have any Quibi content there. So there was also probably a lifestyle thing that might have changed Quibi in terms of, of stuff like that. But yeah, Quibi's done, man. I think it was also the type of content, right? There was nothing, it was a movie, right? Why well, can watch this actor in a movie somewhere else on another streaming service? I think that was it too. If it was something different that I was watching that I couldn't get anywhere else, mm-hmm. I think maybe it would have, more people would have been drawn into Quibi and it would not have been affected by the pandemic. But no, they were they were throwing money out to everyone. They were throwing ownership rights out, whether it was mm-hmm. your concept, you were a producer. Yeah. Yeah. You know what else? Uh, I thought about with this whole thing is my brain is weird, right? People's brains are weird, you know? Whatever, Rach. You know, I, I know mean, that my brain is We didn't weird. need a full announcement for that, but go ahead. But, People's brains are weird. So that show Cobra Kai, which I really like now, right? The, the Cobra Kai Karate Kid show. That show was on YouTube for two years. I remember it back in 20... It was. It's been on YouTube for two years. Really? Yeah, back in 2018, I actually joined YouTube Red so that I could watch it. So I could watch it at work. I think I, I talked about this so I could you know, not do work, which led to my you know, glorious exit. Uh, <laughs> but... But I, for some reason, couldn't get into watching a show on YouTube. Right. And the reason why is because when the show is up on YouTube and I'm watching the show, on the side on YouTube, it says, Steph Curry goes off for 16 points in 20 seconds. Highlights. And I'm like, oh, shit. That nigga Steph? Boom. I watched that. Then when after I watched Steph go off, it's recommended videos. Was Michael Jordan as good as they say he is? Bam. I watched that. And then after watching that, it says, hey, uh, Bikini Hall trial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> then I'm like, oh, okay, I want to see the different bikinis uh, that are on that are this season. Bam, watch that. Before you know it, the show <laughs> that you're watching is in the background, whereas, you know, on Netflix, it's about kind of your thing. Like YouTube is a different type of platform. Meanwhile, while Netflix was, well, when the show came to Netflix, I was able to completely concentrate 
on the show itself and I realized how much I enjoy it. That's not what it is for me. I don't like watching stuff on my phone or even my iPad unless I'm forced to. I'm on a plane. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't, I want to watch it on a TV screen in the comfort of my home. So I can't get down with the YouTube. I can't, none of that. I'm, I'm old school, I guess. I'm traditional. It's not for me. None of this stuff is. Or mm. if I'm going to listen to something on the go, I'm listening to a podcast. You know what I Word. mean? Yeah, yeah. I get, no, I get it. I get it. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Uh, now... Now it's the uh, it's the moment we've all been waiting for. Man, the, I I have to say, people love you and Bachelor related content, and you know yeah. why, Van? You know what it mm-hmm. is? It's because you're a fresh voice. You mm-hmm. never watched the show. You don't know anything about it. You're not jaded. You really don't get and or understand what's going on. And it's nice for the Batchies to have that. Yes, and I gotta say, in terms of batchy batchness, this last episode really lived up to the batchness <laughs> to me. I'm not gonna lie. There was so much shit happening going on in this episode that I was fucking... First of all, did you enjoy this one, this second one? Yes, I'm entertained because we've never seen anything like this before. Normally, there's a specific format for the show. We have no idea what's happening at each turn. Claire's unpredictable. Dale's unpredictable. The men are. The dates are. It's it's such good TV. Okay. So there's a couple of things. I want to do a bottom three guys. I'm going (laughs) to... You, you so, can't be trusted after you did. You went through the first round of guys. So I'm going to be, so I'm going to give, first of all, this is what I'm going to start doing. Number one, okay. this is my biggest disappointment of the show. Ooh. And it's pretty easy. Brandon. Oh, yeah. I thought he was going to so, go far. So listen, before The Bachelor started, I looked at the pictures. And by the way, I've learned something. You cannot make any assessments on this show, on picture alone. You just can't. It's crazy. So I personally thought Brandon, because he looks like an Abercrombie model, was going to go all the way to the end. Brandon fucked up so bad. Like, everybody else gets into these dates with Claire, and they, they do the easy thing. They go, hey, you know, it was hard for me to love while I was in college. I couldn't love. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror. I couldn't fucking stand to see myself. I don't even know what love is. What is love, Claire? I have no clue. It could be something. Then again, it could not be something. I don't know what it is. But the moment I saw your picture, I felt like maybe I could find out. Easy work. Easy work. That's all you got to say. Brandon 
is sitting down with Claire and says, yo, as soon as I saw you, I knew that I wanted to come on this season of The Bachelor. Cool, that works. Then she says, what is it about me? And this nigga goes, I'm here to find out. You're dumb (laughs) as fuck. You just said that there was something ethereal and amazing that drew you to this woman. Right. And then when she asked you what it was, you're like, well, you're obviously very beautiful and I'm here to learn more. Let's talk about it. And just the cringe in that moment when when she realized that this fucking boy band member was so full of shit. That's the first time I actually looked like I saw Claire a little bit. There was maybe something behind it. She was a little pissed. And she, was she like, should yeah. be. This man said, I came for you. Oh my God, well, what is it about me? He literally said to her, Van, can we not talk about this? Oh right. my God. Well, yeah. what were you supposed to talk about? It's, it's about Claire. It's about you having a connection. This is a typical man who is very attractive and is used to not have to putting in any work when it comes to women. He lets mm. the women come to him and he solely thrives off of his good looks. That's what this is. Yeah, well, let me tell you something. That shit did not work, okay? My girl. That shit did not work. And by the way, I didn't know that you could just be walked out at any time. Like she, she just, she just like, that was new to me. You can't. Can I give you some back information? She just fucking picked him up and took him to the fucking car. That's clear. She called this nigga Uber. She said like, (laughs) she, 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 she literally said, Hey, do you mind if I walk you out? I thought she meant walk you out of the room. She walked him out of her life. And then you go straight to the thing. He looks, he was, he started sweating. He got so uncomfortable. Can we not talk about this? Blah, 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 blah. Brandon, you let me down, man. So you behind let me the down. scenes, normally you have to alert producers that um, you're going to send somebody home so they can have a car ready. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Claire made this happen. I mean, they're they're in a different location, so I'm sure their cars are just available. But she was like, no, you got to go. I'm walking you out right now. That doesn't normally happen. This is what I'm talking about, Van. Yeah. Claire's part of the the show. The bottom three for me, uh, guys that I did not like after this episode were Brandon, um, uh, uh, Pointy Ears, Swole Dude. What's his name? I I got How am I supposed to go off of that? The How am I supposed the, to find a name? Oh, I give him nicknames. Pointy ears. Oh, Riley. Pointy ears, swole guy, guy, Riley. I, I don't like, like Riley. Riley. What? Okay, okay, stop. I why? don't like Riley. Why? Okay. A couple of reasons why I don't like Riley. Number one, first of all, Riley act like he felt played when the dude was like, hey, you don't speak for me? Like, I think I speak I for the that whole was group. Justified. I, I'm not saying it wasn't justified, but if you're going to go there, go there. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to go there, go there. Then Riley looked like he was trying to play it up a little bit. Hey, bro, it's not about all that. Hey, bro, don't speak on me. Don't speak on me. That's it. And plus, I, you know, just the combination of Riley's Yoda ears and his goddamn arms are crazy to me. I've never seen anything like it, it before be in my life. should be one or the other? Is that what it, you're it, saying? It, yeah, it should be one or the other. It's off-putting. It's off-putting. I've never, because normally when you see guys with the ears like that, they're a little like 
squirmy, nerdish dudes, but he's got the Yoda ears and the gigantic arms. It's just weird to me. It's like a weird you thing. You focused on the wrong thing. Because anyway. unlike any of the other men in the group, Riley actually stood up and said, you know what? You don't speak for he me. He did. He did. Garen has one of the worst parts I've ever seen in his head ever. I have no idea who that is. Garen is the guy who, when they did the dodgeball thing, oh, everybody... Stop- Stop talking about the brothers on the show. What? See why I didn't pick one? You see right, that? exactly. <laughs> but no, it's good brothers on the show. It's good brothers. It, like, it's some good brothers on the show. Garen but is the professor at USC. Garen is the professor of journalism. He's cool. He seems cool. But that part, that part is just too deep and too <laughs> wide. I don't know if Claire is going to understand that part. Garen. Um, and then there are two other guys. So... I was on the fence about what Blake did. Which As Blake? Blake is the one that There's crashed two. the date. Oh, okay, okay. Canadian Blake. Canadian Blake. Blake is the one who crashed the date. Now, here's the thing about that. That event, that got Blake a rose. And I could see that she was going to... Claire's, Claire's a little bit... Claire's a little bit... She's a rebel. She's got a rebel spirit. She is. She is. So she was going to respond to him doing that. At the same time... I don't think I've ever seen anyone with a more Zodiac killer vibe than that guy right there. He's a little, <laughs> like he, like seriously, he's got a serial killer vibe to him. And and the dude who he played, what was his name? I'm looking through the cast right now. The guy who's sitting down with Claire, when he comes over and he goes, yo, uh, can I have, oh, it's Jay. Jay's sitting down with Claire and Blake comes over and says, can I steal it for five minutes? No. If 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 I was Claire, I would have walked Jay out. No, you can't steal it for five minutes. And that's always how I've been, by the way. Even back in middle school, uh, it's like, yo, can I cut in for a little while while you're dancing? I'm like, yeah, you can cut in after end of the road is finished playing. <laughs> like, see, after the road has ended, then. If she wants to go with you for a song, yeah, you don't cut in while I'm dancing. This is my dance. That's only, what never is, makes sense on the show. They always guys, let them cut in. They never are like, very rarely someone's like, you know what? Actually, no. Can you give me five more minutes? And then the person, I, they, it, I don't know why. It wouldn't even be five minutes. It would be, yo, break out. <laughs> break out. It's my time. All right. Uh, and also, the one guy that she went with the date on, they went to, um, they were on the beach. Jason. Is that him? No, not fucking with him at all. Didn't like him. I like liked him. him. I didn't like and him I at all. And I liked the date. Can you give me didn't, a reason why? I didn't like him at all because it was just, it's too much sob story shit. I feel like that these guys. That is the show, man. No, but I feel like these guys got to let her get her shit off a little bit more. It's too much about them. Like they're trying to one up her no. every time she talks about something that happens wrong. She goes, she goes, Oh, you know, back in high school, nobody had, and he goes, You should have you should have seen me in high school. It was even worse. Nobody wanted to talk to me. A big ward on my face, blah, blah, blah. Let her like listen. I don't feel like these guys are great listeners. You gotta listen to Claire Crawley. You have to, you have to crawl your way into Claire Crawley's heart. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. The reason why is because. Fucking Dale has such a goddamn lead. This whole show, once again, is really a jerk 
She goes off with all of these guys, right? Right. And then as soon as she sees Dale, she just pushes him on the ground, <laughs> straddles him, jumps on him, and kisses his face off. Like, it, 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 to, to me personally, like, it, it, these other guys would have to thread the needle perfectly in order to beat Dale. Can you do, oh, I have a question. Can you do subterfuge? So, like, if I was, if, if, if I was on The Bachelor right now, right? Yeah. If I was on The Bachelorette right now and I saw what was going on with her and Dale, I would, like, be doing my homework on Dale. You know what I mean? I would, I would like, have, I would, like, have private investigators looking through Dale's financial portfolios. I'd bring up Dale's credit score. I'd do all kinds of stuff like that to try to, because it's a competition, right? Can you do that? Is that within the rules? Can you go into people's personal shit and try to like... When you're on the show, do you realize you are cut off from the world? So you can't call nobody? You have no phone, no internet, no TV. You don't even have music. That makes a lot of sense. You know why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because these, all of these guys, they talk to each other too much. Well, that, you know? they, that's, they're called man chats. They have to, right? Yeah, they talk they to each to. other too much. Like, I'll, if they were I'm, distracted, you wouldn't get the emotion and the stories. They want it's a it's a social experiment at the end of the day. Like they got to get in there. So even when you don't see guys in the room talking, that means they're with a producer, and the producer's like, "Tell me about the first time you fell in love," or something like that. Or did you see oh, the way man. Claire looked at Dale when she walked in the room? How'd that right. make you feel? Do you mm, feel like it's stuff like that? I You're see. always talking about your feelings. Now let's talk about the dodgeball game real quick. Your okay. thoughts. People were people were were split on this. Split on it in terms of what? They thought it it sexualized the men and they thought it was a double standard. People were really mad at Claire for this. Okay. Well, first of all, I wasn't mad at Claire at all. And I'll tell you why. It's because I watch I used to watch MTV's Beauty and the Beach. Okay. And which was a, which was a spring break show that MTV had back in the 90s. Do you remember that? I do not. You don't remember Beauty and the Beach? I don't. Wow, it's great. And I remember I got to a certain age with Beauty and the Beach, and I was like, is this okay? And the reason why I asked if it was okay is because I got to an age where I was like, you know, I'm I'm sure the ladies want to do this, but is it okay for us to just throw a lady out there in a bikini and whatever and just gawk at her for whatever and do all that? It's not like I'm not going to watch it. Because I am going to watch it. I'm going to enjoy it. But I'm like, is this all right? So whenever I see somebody flip that, Claire is now, she's got the power. She wants, to, she wants to see some dick. And that's okay. You know what I mean? She's got them right there. First of all, they're making fools out of themselves for her. They're dressed up in all kinds of weird things and playing volleyball, right? They're doing it. Let's see how far you can make them go. Now, my question to you is, if it was on the other side, right? And because let's say somebody else was the bachelor and the girls were playing some kind of game. Could he make them have like a strip twerkathon or something like that? Would that be okay? It, that wouldn't happen on ABC. It wouldn't be a strip twerkathon. It was man ass on ABC. All I, these guys were in jock straps. I've never seen anything like that again on the show, showing how creative the producers are trying to get being in quarantine and planning dates. I don't know if I, I I think if I was on The Bachelor and they told us to strip down to like bikinis I wouldn't do it you wouldn't do it it's one thing it. if we were on the beach and we're already in our bikinis playing volleyball or, or dodgeball mm -hmm. or whatever I wouldn't strip down for it I will say a lot of people were mad at Claire 
for doing this, saying it's a double standard, you know, like this shouldn't be right. done. And I said, last season of The Bachelor, they had a wrestling match with the girls and they had them dress in lingerie. Sweet. Which so- episode? <laughs> Peter season. Uh, okay, cool. That's what I'm talking about. And my point is, is don't, first of all, it's obviously not Claire's idea. This is the show who's telling, who's planning these dates for Claire, but they've done it with women and they've done it with men. So there hasn't been a double standard by the show because they've done it on both sides. Um, I loved the date. I thought it was great. I thought it was super creative. I was kind of mad. I couldn't be there to judge it. I couldn't be one mm. of the judges for the date. I'll tell you something, though. I think it's also very practical that she had them stripped down after the volleyball game, after the dodgeball game, though. I'll tell you why. Because you got to get married to one of these guys, right? That's what fan... You have fantasy suites. I know, but by the time this fantasy suite comes, you don't it's get to take sweet. everybody to the fantasy suite, right? You get, like, three dudes to the fantasy suite, and you might hit the roll of the micro-penis dice. This way, she gets them all to strip down, Right? And then she can weed guys out. I'm telling you, some guys just going to go home and you're not going to know why. But the real reason why <laughs> is because uh, it's going to be some guys she already well, got in I her mind. I can't wait to see for you to see some who gu- goes home after this episode. Like, there's going to be some guys that get walked off because she saw him in the volleyball game and she's like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, like it, There was so much that was going on. This guy, Yusuf, is a fucking terror. He is a so, monster. like, he was, he, he was so, now, I have a question about a guy like Yusuf. Is Yusuf, is that real? Yes. How, Yusuf is so lame. I can he tell like, you what happened. He comes back, he's so upset about the volleyball game and having to strip down. Yusuf, what's wrong with you? And he wasn't even there to see it. Wasn't this even probably, there to see it. This is probably what happened. He heard about the date. He was like, I don't, I'm not okay with that. Producer was like, let's go to a confessional. I'll take that. <laughs> we go into a confessional. Now tell me why it bothered you. And they just keep pushing. Yeah, I can totally understand how that is. You have a daughter that could be very uncomfortable. You wouldn't want to. That's how daughter. that happens. Yeah. And then he goes for it. He goes for worse. it. He goes for it. Now, and then there was Easy. Easy last night thought that he was going to get, uh, the rose or whatever like that, but he didn't get it. And I, the, the disappointment was palpable on Easy's face. Easy, who I guess is like the cool guy at the house. Now, are we allowed to talk about allegations surrounding Easy? Go ahead. Are, are we? Are we? Because there, there were, listen, because I was ready to like Easy, and there were, I got hit up by some women in the DMs that wanted me to address the fact that some lady went on Twitter and accused Easy of past non-consensualities. So is that something? I mean, look, it, it is what uh, happens in a situation like that. So there have been other people on the show where, like my co-host on Bachelor Happy Hour, there was a guy who, on her season who there was a full-out case that they missed. Like it wasn't a tweet; it was a case. And so they removed him from all aspects of the show, like once that came out. Since then, they have an, an insane, insane criminal background check to like avoid these things from happening. It is my understanding that there was a tweet, maybe mm-hmm. a series of tweets, and those tweets are no longer there. 
and there has been nothing else to come out past the tweet. So it's one of those situations where, and I just recently found out about this too, because people were messaging me. It's one of those situations where there is an accusation out there. I know for a fact that the franchise is investigating it, but there has been nothing to say either yay or nay at this point. And so I think that you have to be very careful when you want to cancel people over something until you figure out what what's the truth behind what it, happened? whether it happened or it didn't, because you can ruin a whole person's life on a tweet if we don't even know if it's substantiated or not. True. So that's what I'll All say right. about that. Just had to bring it up because they were bringing it up and easy seemed like oh, a yeah. cool guy on the show. But, you know, if you got some if you got some shit in your past, you can't be that cool. So right. it's kind of a whole we thing. We had him on our podcast. That's how right. I found out people are mad. They were like, right. how could you have easy? And it's like, oh my gosh, we're not supporting him by any means. I didn't find out till after. But the thing mm-hmm. is, is they're doing the research to figure out if it's true or not. Right. Uh, by the way, no show has ever made me as wrong as what The Bachelorette is making me. Because? Because I hated Bennett, the Harvard H-bomb guy. Like I gotta admit, I'm fucking with him. I like Bennett. I'll tell you why. There was why? a little, the little vignette that they did after where Bennett showed his room off. <laughs> Come on, man. Bennett is the man. Bennett, Bennett, is the I, man. I, Bennett is the man. Bennett showed his room off. I don't know. I don't know why Bennett has a better room than everybody else. I don't know how that happened. Do they let you pay for your the tier of your room? I know that's a really nice place down there where you go down there and you get like a nice uh they give you like your own pool. When you were there, did you get yeah, your own pool I, and his hot room tub? was bigger than mine. Right, right, because he's fucking bigger Bennett. <laughs> he, 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 he's bigger Bennett is who he is. And so I remember, I, I saw that, but it wasn't just about the room. It was about the fact that Bennett, when he invited old boy in there to, to go through his room, he was gracious about it. Like Bennett was, he was. Bennett was being cool, man. Bennett was like, hey, this is all my stuff. Try some. This is all my stuff. Do this. Bennett was, he was generous. And you don't expect that from the, you know, Harvard douchebag type guys. But he was very generous. He wasn't like, it wasn't like he was stunting right. on the dude. He was sharing in his Bennettness. Yeah. And I yeah. really enjoyed that little scene. Like that was a little, because I was very on edge after the episode ended. I'm not going to lie. Because of the previews for the next episode. Oh, you have no idea. You're going to love Bennett even more. You have no idea. The previews for the next episode, I had me very, very on edge. Yusuf seems like he's going crazy. Oh, my favorite scene, though, of all, of the entire episode, was when Blake, uh, Zodiac Killer Blake, um, I'm telling you, something's not right. Something's not right about the You guy. asked what he did. He's a park ranger, I believe. I, perfect fucking occupation for a serial killer. Perfect occupation for a serial killer. Perfect. <laughs> You know a what I'm saying? A wildlife ranger, something a like that. A wildlife ranger. <laughs> a human remains in found. In Canada. In, Ca- in Canada, where there's actually more land than there is people. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Perfect occupation. That's all I'm saying. Um, but when he came back and he had that rose, the collective shock on those guys' faces that he got the rose and the way he he almost had to break it to him that he had the rose, he's like, well, I don't know how to tell you guys, blah, 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 blah. And then 
she finally gave him the kiss because when she curved him on the kiss at first, wow, right? I, I, I felt for him. <laughs> there is nothing like uh, that's called we, in Baton Rouge. We call that the fadeaway. A girl hits you with that fadeaway. <laughs> you try to kiss her, and she gets she go all Michael Jordan. How on many you, times you did the, you get the fadeaway? Everybody's gotten the fadeaway. I said, how many times? It's not a ton of times. I mean, sometimes you get the fadeaway. Sometimes it happens like it happened to Blake. Sometimes you get the fadeaway, and then you still get your kiss at a different time. But sometimes you get the fadeaway, and that was your only shot. Does that erase the fadeaway? Is it almost as if it didn't happen if you get that makeup kiss? Kind of, but, like, it doesn't change the moment, the drive home in horror from the <laughs> okay, fadeaway. So it's happened to you several times. <laughs> if, you get, if you get hit with the fadeaway, if you get hit with the fadeaway, you kind of... Now, look, okay, so here's there's different types of fadeaways, right? This so is how you, get, you know it's happened to multiple times. This is funny. It's funny. It's funny when stuff happens to people and it affects them emotionally. So this is, this is I know, you're having fun with that. Yeah, when you rejection <laughs> and making people feel weird about themselves. Go ahead and laugh it up. Yuck it up. <laughs> Yuck it up. Yuck it up, Rach. Here's the funny thing about the fadeaway. The funny thing about the fadeaway is if you, let's say you try to kiss a girl and she hits you with the fadeaway, okay. but then y'all still all hugged up. You think maybe she's just not ready to kiss. That's cool, right? Or still, your breath smells. Well, that's bad. Yeah, that would be a bad one. But let's say she hits you with the fadeaway and then that's the end of the date. Like, if y'all hugged up or whatever and you try to kiss her and she's like, whatever, and she's not into it, right? She doesn't want to go there right now. It's all cool. It's all okay. her. It was, you know, it's whatever. But let's say it's at the end of a date and you're going in for a kiss and then she hits you with the fadeaway and then you have to get right in your car and drive home. Like, you turn the music off, you roll the windows down and you just let the, the air soothe you. You know what I'm saying? You're like, God, damn, man. This, that was a mistake. You, you <laughs> dumb bastard. You moved too soon. And so when she hit him with the fadeaway, that was a relatable moment. Uh, but you still... felt the air on your face. I felt the air, but he got his kiss later on. Do uh, you think that she is taking Dale off behind the cactuses out there in Palm Springs <laughs> and getting busy? No. Like, it, it's no chance that she's getting busy. They, they, she... No. They at least, she at least touched it. Because they, they go crazy. They go bananas, her and Dale. I... <laughs> Okay, I don't think she's taken him behind and 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 touched it, as you said. Right. I think it. that she's been in quarantine for what four months when she started mm -hmm. filming the show. She has been fixated on these profiles and imagining things up about these men, and then finally she sees Dell. She gets to him and she's like, "Oh my God, I knew it. He's just as beautiful as I thought in person." He picks her up, he grabs her. Maybe she got a little pat in on the grab. I don't mm -hmm. know, but there's she's drawn to him because she's been thinking about this man for four months. Hmm. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Remember when they had to do the little Shakespeare thing, and all of the guys had to sit down there and they had to talk to her while How she was up in the thing. How have not talked about this yet? Okay. Yes. yes. Okay. First of all, that was embarrassing to me. I was embarrassed. Okay. I, I it was, was a love language date. It was a love language the, date. The love language date. I was embarrassed for almost every guy that had to talk. Right. Because, first of all, in the love languages, can, aren't they, like, different? 
Yeah. And then like, I think so that was words of affirmation. Words of affirmation. Dale was by far the worst. The worst. Dale, right? like Dale, Dale was by far the worst. Dale could have said anything. Dale could have literally walked up there and been like, Claire, I like big butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> These other brothers can't deny that when a girl walks in with an itty-bitty waist and a round thing in your face, you, you get, get sprung. sprung. And he can, and she would have, and she literally, she would have slipped on her own juices down the thing. Cause he got up there and was making no fucking None. sense. Like other dudes was getting up there freestyle rapping, doing all kinds of stuff like that, like making it like cool. I think even I think pointy ears went off. Riley was rhyming. Yeah, yeah he was think, spitting poetry. Yeah, I think because that was that that was that Yoda shit. He had that Yoda <laughs> shit. I'm telling you, that's the way Yoda does his thing. He was up there like. Love you, I think I do. Love you, it is true. And that's that he was doing that Yoda shit. That's that pointy ear, baby Yoda, Mandalorian comes back next week. He was doing that uh, ad for no reason. They do not ad. <laughs> Disney Plus does nothing with us. But uh, but he was doing that Yoda shit. But then Dale got up there and was like, uh, fuck. Uh, I just, I, but she was, as he was talking, like, yo, something leaves her eyes. I want, she when she's looking at him, you know what it's like? I got, I got a perfect example of it. Okay. Perfect example. Did you ever see Twilight? I did. Go back and watch Twilight and watch, because this was me and my brothers. And, and I know like, what you're gonna say. Actually, not me and my brothers. Me and Kaliga used to get drunk and then go see Twilight, right? It's okay. the most fun you can have. The most fun you can have. Go back and watch Twilight and look at the way Bella looks at Edward whenever That's a very he is good comparison. It is it, it is like she when whenever Bella would be around Edward, like it would be, I would be in the theater in the arc light drunk. It's fucking hilarious. It's like it 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 is hysterical. He come in there with his sparkly skin and she would <sighs> she'd lose it every time. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so that's the way she looks at him every time. It's a wrap. And the other, and they, I love the show is so well made because they cut to the other guy's faces <laughs> every time. And these dudes look miserable. Defeated. Anyway, defeated. Can we talk about the puppy perfume? See, you thought Dell's speech was bad. How mm-hmm. about Dell's gift? Remember, yeah. then they had gifts. That's one yeah, of the yeah, love yeah. languages. And yeah. people were bringing like pictures mm-hmm. and my baseball from my last professional game and boxes and all these sentimental things. And Dell's like, I hear you have dogs. Here's perfume for the dogs. Right. Yeah. What the fuck, Dell? Yeah, she loved it. <laughs> she put a little bit on herself. <laughs> yeah, she loved it. She loved it. Dell could have literally came in bleeding. From one ear and gone, I uh, read about this guy and he cut his ear off and mailed it to this lady. And so that's what weird. I wanted to give you. Here is my ear. And she'd have took it and put it on a necklace around her fucking uh, neck, like in goddamn Platoon. Look, if you guys never saw Platoon, watch it. But don't watch it if, don't wait till after the pandemic because it's depressing. But look, but, but, uh, but, but here's the thing overall, I couldn't have been more entertained. I'm not even going <laughs> to lie. 
It's a good show. I'm the glad show, you enjoy it. I'm, glad. I'm enjoying it. Van, next week, next week, you're going to love it even more. It's going to be your favorite show after next week. After next that week, it's going to be my favorite is, show. It pops off from the first minute. Because Yosef about to go crazy, huh? It's so good. Yosef about to do his thing. <laughs> All right, we good. Yosef about to do his thing. I, um, you know, looking around, trying to see if I missed anything. No, I didn't. I, I personally thought not a lot of Chris Harrison in the show, right? He doesn't pop up very much. You don't really see a lot of him. He does his, he does his thing. He comes to rose ceremonies. And um, if there's like a, an emergency or something, you know, that Claire doesn't want to do. So my apologies in this episode are going to go to Brandon and Bennett. Brandon, I apologize for believing in you. You went out worse than anyone ever in life has gone. And Bennett, I know the H-bomb Harvard thing, you brought that up. It was douchey as hell. But you cool, dog. I will watch a game with Bennett, man. I'm sure Bennett's a Republican, but whatever. I will watch it. I will like I will watch a game with Bennett, man. I will hang out with Bennett. Bennett seemed cool. Me and Bennett could put those little things on our faces and just chill. Mask is what they're called. And I heard that Bennett is was the coolest guy in the house. Mm. Mm. So awesome. So right, your Bennett, assessment is correct. All right, we got to do some mailbag really quickly. Jordan, we're going to take two mailbag questions. What you got? Okay, so this is a bachelorette question, and I oh, had the exact leave same... leave it to the expert now. <laughs> uh-huh. I had the exact same question when I was watching it. From Stacey miller Cuns, Rachel, when you were the bachelorette, did you have to remember every guy's name right away? Uh, no. What happens is a producer will come to you before and they'll, and she might tell you, you know, Brian's coming up next or in a rose ceremony. What you don't see is you say three or four guys names and then you walk out and then they give you four more and then you walk out again. Mm. So yeah, no, I, I hit people with a lot of, I didn't remember names till about more than halfway through. I hit the, the Bay, the boo, the, Hey, you, Hey there. That's that's what you go with. Mm. Oh, I got one more thing I got to say about The Bachelor before oh, we move on. Oh, no. <laughs> He's so into oh, it, y'all. Are, He's people, so... are, are people screened for mono? Yeah, you get tested for everything. Because there's a lot of kissing going on. She you kissing. Get, you get all like the, the sexual test, the psych test, the criminal background test. Did you, like, did you, every... kiss, did you kiss a lot of those guys? Like, I did. You kiss... It's a lot of kissing. It's a lot of kissing. But, but you know what? Not if you think Claire seasons a lot, I don't think she's kissed that many men. She's kissed, she kissed like five guys last show or something. She kissed there's, a lot. There's 30 something there. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Okay, uh, next mailbag question. From Brianne Hunley. This is one of Brene Brown's rapid fire questions at the end of her podcast. What's on your nightstand? Ooh. Lashes. Okay. <laughs> Lashes, nipple covers, jewelry. Because <laughs> I get undressed, I just go. Oh, I'm being, oh, okay. I'm being very honest. Uh, mm-hmm. Some jewelry, a book, and a lamp. Mm. My my watch, uh, a diffuser. Oh, I have one too. Yes. Yeah, my watch, uh, a diffuser, and my phone. Easy work. All right. What else? Last one. 
What's your most frequently used emoji? I know mine's not bad. I just was reading your face. Mine's basic. It's the squinty eyes, like your eyes are closed with the blush, mm. the blush on the cheeks. Yeah, mine is the uh, the laughing emoji. Which one? Like, Straight on or head tilted to the side? No, just the one with the uh, the eyes crying, the laugh one with the eyes crying. Because if you send me something, I really don't want to talk to you. I just say that it's funny to make you feel good about yourself, and then we move on. Like well, you said, I've, hey, I've never gotten that, so I feel you never crazy. got it, right? But people send me stuff like, why are you just uh, telling everybody what you do? Well, whatever. But people <laughs> send me stuff, and they're like, oh, Van, did you see this, man? And I'm like, ha ha ha, and they go, why are you laughing? And then I don't respond. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that should be in the "Am I an asshole?" segment. And yes, you up. are. Okay. It, yeah, maybe. Who knows? Uh, do you have an unexpected ally of the week? I don't. Do you? I do. And uh, it's an important one. Okay. okay. My unexpected ally of the week is a guy named Jeff Sturdy. Uh, Jeff Sturdy is uh, a basketball coach and a football coach um, and a teacher in Racine, Wisconsin. Earlier this week, I got this direct message from Jeff Sturdy. Van, love the podcast with Rachel. I am writing with a heavy heart. I am an educator in a pretty diverse area. Now, 10 years in, I am struggling today. A young man who I love dearly, taught, coached, and tried to guide to positive life choices was murdered last night. Mm. As a white male, I know I'm not the role model he needed, but in this moment, I feel like and we feel as a community uh, that we failed him. This young man was a father and brightened every room he ever walked into. He deserved better. I am truly at a loss. While I know this isn't necessarily necessarily a political issue, it's certainly systemic. What can I do? How can I serve my city of Racine better? Mm. Thank you for letting me vent and influencing and challenging me to grow as a human being. So uh, I then sent my phone number to Jeff and Jeff and I talked. Oh, wow. Yeah. So here's the thing about that. And I'm going to say this without, uh, you know, breaking down as we've so frequently done on this podcast, just in an emotional time, you know, for everyone and everything that's going on. Uh, and um, the guy's name is Marcus Caldwell. Uh, and, you know, Jeff sent me a GoFundMe for his family. The GoFundMe is out there. You might be asking, um, why would we... Uh, um, why would we give money to a family that we don't even know this experience of tragedy where we're experiencing so much tragedy? Uh, the only reason why I'd say that is because tragedy gets compounded. You First, you have the physical tragedy of the transitioning and separation from someone. Then you have a financial tragedy of trying to care for that person and what they leave behind. So uh, I'm going to send some money to Marcus Caldwell's uh, GoFundMe. And if you feel um, compelled to, I guess you can too. But, you know, no pressure. Whatever. Um, the reason why this struck me so much is because you forget that people care. You spend so much time in your life uh, devoting your time to caring and trying to figure out the reasons why you're in the situation that you're in that you actually forget 
that there's other people who care too. They might care in different ways. They might care for different reasons, but they care. And anytime that you care about anything, you hurt. There's going to be pain. Um, the most bold and brave thing you can do in this entire world is give a fuck. But Jeff is an educator. He's a teacher. But when we talked, he told me about the reason why he decided to give a fuck about this kid. Um, why he decided to care. Uh, and I appreciate it. I didn't appreciate it because Jeff is white. I didn't appreciate it because, uh, you know, I'm looking for validation from any community or that it means more because there are a lot of people who are, who are black that cared about this young man as well. I appreciate it because it moved Jeff enough to ask if there was a way that he could stop somebody, this from happening to somebody again. That's an ally. An ally isn't beating yourself up about uh, things that happen or what you did wrong and making it about you. An ally, is, an ally says, hey, this is something I want to address. This is something I want to do. And how do I make sure that this doesn't happen to anybody ever again? So Jeff, um, I'm glad we've got a chance to talk. I'm glad we, uh, we got a chance to connect. And for anybody out there who cares and who gives a fuck and who gives a damn, I know it's hard, but we need you not to stop. And when I say we, I mean all of us. So that's my unexpected ally of the week. Uh, I am grateful um, for that man. And I send my deepest condolences out to the family of the young brother uh, whose life we lost. So there we go. All right. Uh, we're coming back, Rach. Like, where? I mean, we're coming back next week. Next week, the podcast is, we're we coming back, but The Bachelor, The Bachelor is coming back. The Bachelorette is coming back. And of course, there's going to be enough news, enough fuck shit for us to discuss in and outside of the culture, in and outside of this crazy, elastic world. But one constant is that Tuesday night, we're going to get to see Claire and Dale make fucking fools out of a whole <laughs> house of grown men. And we cannot wait. All right. Uh, take your thin caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan. I'm Rachel Lindsay. We out. <laughs>